Logical Progression, Year 1, Lesson 19. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak la nabina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajul al-hazna idha sha'ala sahla Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh uh, Jazakumullah khair for the uh, patience that we had a little problem with the camera um, but anyway that's sorted so anyway alhamdulillah it's um it's a nice dust tonight mashallah because it's a starting of a new chapter also we're, we're kind of you know when i went to the states first time or that whole side across the atlantic to teach first time obviously you have vocabulary which is part of you right and the word black is part and parcel of your british identity so so I've gone across there and I'm saying black this, black that, black this, black that. And they and I only realized at the break time those youngs ain't got a clue what black means. <laughs> it's not in their kind of vocab. Yeah? So it took me a long time to try and give them some kind of alternative. Uh, but anyway, they got it in the end. But they said no, we don't use the word black. Anyway, I want to say to you that after maybe three, four years of going back and forth, they fully understand the word black, yeah? especially their instructors, Sheikh Khalid Basuni being one of them. Okay. So he's trying to blag us at the moment. So he was meant to be here at Maghrib, okay? But he knew that we was going to pull it on him. Because he said, I'm not going to speak, I'm not going to talk, I just want to attend, blah, 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 blah. And I said to him, yeah, no problem, come inshallah. But he knew that I was blagging him. So he's now trying to blag me, you see? <laughs> so what he said now is that I'm going to come, you know, later, later. I know that he's going to come for Isha. And he thinks, yeah, and he's clever because he thinks that he's blagging, you see? But as we've always said, Bob's, you can never blag a blagger, bro. <laughs> Isn't it? So we'll hook him up even if it's after Isha. Anyone wants to hang around, whatever. Yeah, and he, you know, if he'd chosen the easy way, well, I would have given him five minutes and then just give some salam dua and khalas go. Now, if you're, now you're, you're messing about, aren't you? You're trying to play, isn't it? So now we're going to get you down hard, isn't it? We're going to do your bestie now. We're going to put the camera on you when you're sitting over there. We're going to make you now sit. We're going to make you give fatwa for one hour. We're going to freak you out now. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Sheikh Walid, you messed with the wrong person. Khalas, that's the uh, first point. The second point I was going to say is that um, I actually wanted to today do a review, <laughs> do a review of everything that we've done. But me being the Labanda, I started that like about three o'clock, right? And after about after about like one two pages, when I realized that hold on, this is this thing's going to take two days to do, yeah, to do a, a complete proper review. And that I can present to you like a quality 15, 20 minutes, like summary of like three months work. Actually, I completely underestimated it. Did I misunderestimate it? Or did I just only under, just underestimate it? Yeah. Okay. So I underestimated the amount of work that would have to go into that. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to delay that until next week, inshallah. Because I'm also a bit excited as well. I don't want to miss out on this chapter. Now, I know that you guys think I'm not really kind of sane and normal, yeah? And I don't blame you for that. But I have to say that I have got something for Babalistinja. I do have a crush on this chapter. The chapter of cleaning the private parts. Yeah, and it is... There's something between me and this chapter. I don't know. It's a, it's a calling. You know what I'm saying? And I always enjoyed studying this chapter. And I always enjoyed studying it with the different scholars and the different stories. And obviously, it's a very practical chapter. And yeah, I could talk about this chapter honestly for weeks. So make sure you keep me under manners, Yani, because there's so much to say about this subject. It is unbelievable, right? And the reason why I enjoy it so much, subhanAllah, is because I know that you will react to this, if this is indeed the first time you're properly studying this, like I reacted to it when I started studying it 15, 20 years back. As you know, I'm a scheme pack who has absolutely no idea what I'm letting myself in for. Because we have a, a very clear image in our minds of what Istinja is, or Stinja, I don't know, what, what, what do you what say? Stinja? Stinja, Stinja, that's right, Stinja, yes, yeah, right. This Stinja. In Pukhto we say, Udas Chadam. Chadam, what a word that is, Chadam. Anyway, Udas Chadam meaning yani, the, full, the full smack, wudu uh, and uh, cleaning the private parts. And there's so much, subhanAllah, there's so much to talk about this. I didn't even know where to start. Well, I'm completely overwhelmed at this moment about which way to take. Shall I do Sheikh Uthameen's one, which is a very verbose, 
very long way kind of uh, flex, yani, which to be honest, I'm not feeling. Shall I go with Sheikh uh, Muhammad Mukhtar Shanqit is one, which is very structured and very academic and pretty cold really, okay? Or should I just go with my own loose flex and start busting some lines and moves and whatever? So obviously I'll go for the third option, yani, because that's the natural one. But I'm going to use Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shanqiti's introduction because it's very organized. And once we get into that organized kind of structure, it sets it out what we're doing. And then we'll go straight back into the text itself. So before we say anything, and I don't even want to read the text out at this stage, okay? I will just say, Babul Istinja, okay, which is the first page of the text. Al Istinja, right, is the key word here. And I've translated it as the chapter of cleaning the genitals. Now, al is a very important word to understand linguistically and from a verb form as well. And it's al for the Arabic students is a verbal noun, okay? al and it comes from the ver verb form. What verb form does it come from? What's the verb form, Arabic students? Okay, Arabs then. Okay, anyone? Does it come from fa'ala or fa'ala or af'ala? What is the verb form that the word istinja comes from? Okay, so the answer is istaf'ala, okay? Which is seen as the tenth form, alright? Istaf'ala, tenth form according to some grammarians. And to be honest, this is the easiest question you're ever going to be asked in, gra in Arabic grammar. Whenever you see a word, 99.9% .9 of the time, if they, a word has alif, seen, and teen, uh, teen alif, seen, and ta at the beginning of it, okay, this ist uh, uh, sound, then it means that it comes from the verbal form of istaf'ala. And the word istaf'ala means to seek the action. So fa'ala is the action, and istaf'ala is to seek the action. So istinja is to seek, seek the uh, the najw, if you like, and najw, all right, which is the inja part of the verb, if you like, okay, istinja. If you're going to divide it, take the ist off and the inja part. This najw it means to cut, to cut off, to cut off, okay. Um, so if you say, for example, najotu shajara, najotu shajara, it means I cut the tree. So the najwa, the najwa here, or the najwa that we're looking about, or the inja part, okay, the nija part, is effectively cutting off the filth, cutting off the state of impurity. That's the way that you're looking at, okay? So to cut that off. And when you say istinja, it means I am seeking a state and a way to cut off, because I'm seeking. And obviously this is going to make no sense whatsoever to anyone who's not studying Arabic. But to those who study Arabic, this is going to be very appreciated. And you're welcome in advance. So, this istinja is the, that's the linguistic uh, nature of the, the word. But the actual, the actual thing that we know it has, if you were to ask any pack on the street, say, what's istinja, ostinja, yeah? Uh, what do you think they'll say? Let's just try, let's pretend this is the, not the Arab street, but the pack street, yeah? Why is it that the Pakistan didn't get a street? What happens the Arabs got a street? I'm not happy with that. I think that's completely racist. You know that. In current affairs, when you see them discussing world affairs, they'll say, opinion on the Arab street. Like, the, only the Arabs got a street. The English didn't get a street. The British didn't get a street. The Americans didn't get a street. Pakistan didn't get a street. But the Arabs got a street. Anyway, never mind. So, let's ask the Pakistan. Yeah? Let's ask anyone. This is, by the way, Pax here is a generic term. I don't just mean Pakistani, yeah? I mean any Muslim, yeah? All Muslims are Pax anyway. So, what, what do you think of when I say Stinja? Go. Exactly. By the way, this is not a chapter for the light-hearted. No, faint-hearted. Light-hearted? For the faint-hearted. My whole, all of my, my words are messed up, yara. This is not a chapter for the faint-hearted and not a chapter for the prudes. And not a chapter for those who get offended easily. This is right about the time you need to be leaving. Okay? <laughs> this is yani, raw, this chapter is. There's graphic behavior going down. I might even have to bring models in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it's all about the learning experience and the teaching experience, brothers and sisters. You know there's some cliche going out. A teacher, a good... No, no, hold on. Someone 
he spoke to me and so I heard and someone showed me and so I observed and someone inspired me or something what's, what's that what's that how's that go what's that teaching mnemonic anyone anyway I'm going to inspire you about cleaning your private parts that's the point that's that's the point I want to try and say I'm going to inspire you guys inshallah so when we say stinja what, what comes to your mind that's all cleaning yourself after urinating just that I'm not accepting that Zafar you <laughs> go to the bathroom and don't come out. What on earth has that got to do with Stinja? What a pathetic bakwas. Come on, boy, lads. Immediate thoughts. Washing. So, water, very essential for you when the word is used. Is there anyone here in this room or online or whatever, when they hear the word Stinja or Stinja, that they don't think of water? So, you don't think of water. Very good. You don't think of water. So the mass majority of people, immediately the issue comes with water. Yani it comes into the mind. Good, okay? Because this is what the issue is all about. You see, the word istinja has a general meaning and a specific meaning. Okay? So in general, it means, when you're, when you, when you're taking it broadly, istinja, when you take it generally, it means the cleaning of the private parts. Okay? You don't, we don't talk about how. It means the cleaning of the private parts. All right. But when you're being specific, then the word istinja means cleaning the private parts with water. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you have a general meaning. So the entire chapter can be covered istinja and we're just basically saying cleaning the private parts. But when we are being specific, specific, then istinja is talking about water. So if that's the case, then we need to have another option for when we clean without water. Now there, right there, when you say that, the packs are like, what? You mean you can clean yourself without water? Yeah, and all those days that we started cussing people and all those yeah, years and decades that we've been dissing all the rest of them for not using water, that's, that's acceptable? And the answer is not only is that acceptable, subhanAllah, actually I'm going to say to you maybe even something more interesting. Maybe that is the asal. Maybe that is the actual original principle when it comes to cleaning the private parts. And that's called istijmar. Okay? Istijmar. And now here we're doing istafala with jimar. We are using something which is stone-like, hard-like, okay, solid-like, dry-like, um, object-like to clean the private parts, okay. So you now have istinja when it's being used in its general sense, fine. But when you're being super specific, if you're going to use water, it's going to be called istinja, and if you're going to use anything other than water, it's going to be called istijmar, istijmar. And like I said. It's very interesting because if we go back to the Sunnah of Rasulullah we're going to try and work out what actually is the principle, what is the asal. We know that um, uh, 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 filth is filth, right? Filth is filth. Filth is filth. It's, it's something palpable and you can sense it and we don't like it. And everyone would appreciate that actually to pray with filth is a problematic issue. But first of all, I just want to, just, just to show you that this, this is so much ilm in this issue. There are some scholars that consider that the removal of filth from the body, from the body which is what istinja and istijmar, that's their business, removal of filth from the body. The reason that when we say istinja, istijmar, we're always talking about the private parts is because it's never assumed that there's going to be filth on any other part of the body. But let's say, example, you had some filth on your hand, you would just use the word ghasl, washing, okay? Because you would wash your hand and that would be the end of that. But when we're talking to a regular daily process and daily going to the toilet and so on, then it's Tinja, it's coming to their own. It's talking about the private parts. And I want to say to you still though that, for example, in the Maliki Madhab, which is very interesting, there are two very, very uh, popular opinions. The first one is that, as the majority say, that it is an obligation to remove the, the Najas uh, filth from the body. And there is an opinion that it's only Mustahab, uh, uh, meaning it's only liked. It's not an obligatory kind of situation. And uh, obviously you might think, how on earth is that the case? Um, but the, uh, uh, the, the, the evidence, which is very interesting, of course, is the hadith, uh, the authentic hadith of um, when Rasulullah was praying near the Kaaba, okay? And the uh, Quraysh were all around him 
and it was in Mecca, obviously, in early times and stress and difficult. But Rasulullah was slowly now, you know, ramping up the pressure, time to take deen to the public level. And then, uh, obviously, all of the, the, the kuffar, the, the, the ru'asa, uh, the head of the Quraysh, the chief kuffar, the, the worst of them, they were all around. And uh, Shisman al-Uqba, uh, Ibn Abi Mu'ayt, uh, he got this kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, intestines and uh, it's an easy way to say intestines, but we're talking the womb of animal, yani filth and this, that, and in entrails, use in, in, in English, isn't it? The entrails of this, of this animal that had obviously its feces inside it and everything, so it's filth. And while Rasulullah was in sajda, he put it on the shoulder of Rasulullah and of the Malikiya said that the Prophet didn't throw it away, didn't throw it off. And he would have, in fact, he would be obligated to do so if this was, if it was an obligation to clear, clean your body from Najasa. Do you understand? You understand the point here? That's the evidence. You know that obviously uh, uh, it was only there for a short period of time because Fatima radiallahu anha, she came and she she uh, took it off and Rasulullah praying and he said you know don't worry don't get angry Fatima was very angry and Rasulullah made obviously big dua uh, uh, what did he say Allahumma I think he said Allahumma alaykum I think he said that oh Allah I, I, I place you I put you against these Quraysh oh Allah I put you against these Quraysh and subhanAllah uh, 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 Uqba and uh, uh, Umayyah and Khalaf and all of the five, six, seven, yani key, key, key leaders of uh, Quraysh were all slaughtered on Badr. All of them. All of them. Yani those people who were there at that time who did that to Rasul So they got dealt with, yani, subhanAllah. But, you know, <laughs> Prophet can deal with yani, things himself. That's the point. But anyway, that's the, the, the evidence for them. Uh, obviously, we responded and the Malikiyah themselves responded in many, many ways. They said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَثِيَابِكَ فَطَهِّرْ as for your uh, clothes, then purify them. And they said that um, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the Prophet ﷺ in Sahih Bukhari, when he walked past the grave and he said to the companions, this person in this grave is being punished. You know this hadith? Yes. Uh, it's being punished. And they said, why Rasulullah? And uh, the, for two reasons. The first of them was because he was not protecting himself from the drops of urination. So urinating and not being careful and just taking it as a lax thing and just, you know, and getting himself dirty. So he was being punished in the grave as a result of that. And you are not punished in the grave for leaving something which is mustahab. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's a clear evidence, it's an obligation. And also the hadith of, uh, again, the authentic hadith where Rasulullah was praying, the companions praying behind him. You know that when we're praying outside and so on, the asal is to pray in shoes, okay, in general. And that's what the companions and everyone used to do. But here in this one, Suddenly, the Prophet ﷺ takes his shoes off in the middle of the prayer and puts the shoes on the right-hand side. And so the companions who are all behind him, they do exactly the same thing. All of them in the prayer, you know, it's like a big mass kind of movement. And so when the Prophet ﷺ finished the prayer and he turns around and he goes, why did you guys do that for? They said, yeah, Rasulullah, we saw you did that and so that's why we copied you. And he said, well, the difference was, actually, the reality is, is that Jibreel ﷺ came to see me in the prayer. He came to me and he said, you have Najasa on your na'al, on your slippers. And so uh, 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 you need to remove it. So that's why he asked, that's why I removed it. As for you guys, you should have just kept them on. So that's another proof as well. And that's and that's why that's why the ulama they said, or the, the humbly method, but we'll come to that much later. That if a person finds najasa on the uh, 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 the body which does not which can be removed, I don't know, like a physical thing would fall on, and you take it away, you get rid of it, you can continue praying. It doesn't break your prayer per se. And that's why when we, when we ask the question about babies and nappies, we discuss that, isn't it? I think, yeah? That uh, um, picking up a baby with a nappy. Did I talk, did I talk about that? So if you imagine a baby with a nappy, everyone's mother's always asking the question, what's the ruling with a baby and a nappy, whatever, because obviously there's feces there. So, so you've, got, you've got two scenarios, right? You have the baby which is uh, uh, there and crying, and it's done a nappy, and then you pick it up. Now the problem there 
is that you are effectively reversing what happened in a hadith, which is that there's slippers with dirt on it and you're putting them on. This is something which is not permissible or it would, it would break the prayer. It would, it would, it's an unacceptable situation. It's effectively like telling someone, pick up a bag of feces. You wouldn't say to someone, it's allowed to pick up a bag of feces. This is what the Hanbalis say. Whereas they said that if you're holding a baby, you know, then he's calming down and so on, and then it does the nappy, and then you put the baby down, then you've got to put the baby down and you just carry on. And that's exactly what happened to the Prophet ﷺ, in that the slippers were okay, then he realized that they weren't, and so then he takes them off. Do you understand? That's like the analogy from that. So um, it seems that it's clear that uh, uh, the principle is, at least the principle, that it is an obligation. And of course, this is the strongest and the correct position in the Maliki Madhab as well, and all the other Madhab, especially the Hanbali Madhab, that it's an obligation to purify yourself from from uh, uh, from from, from uh, najis, from uh, filth, from impurity. It's an obligation. So now that we accept that principle that you have to clean yourself, and but still you have to understand there's a discussion there, and there is actually a benefit to this discussion. The Malikis, when you study with them, what they say, what's the benefit of even introducing the discussion that it's a mustahab when it's so clear that it's obligation? Actually, the benefit comes later, right? If this person was praying in clothes uh, and in a state where there was certain uh, filth on him because he wasn't cleaning himself and he didn't know, if he didn't know, depending upon the ruling, whether it's clean, whether it's obligation to clean yourself or recommended to clean yourself, depending upon the ruling, will then determine that if one year later he determines this is what's been happening every year, according to the Malikis, it will determine whether he has to pray all those prayers again for one year. Do you see what I'm trying to say? We're going into other areas, but what I, the point I want you to learn is that never belittle a strange statement in fiqh. This is fiqh, yani the scholars, their points and their comments and their musings is important for us to reflect over. Even if we say, you know, with our dearest respects to this mashayikh, we choose this opinion. We choose this opinion not because yani, we're being arrogant, we choose this opinion because this is the opinion of the majority of equal and bigger scholars as well. You know what I'm saying? So we've accepted that you have to clean yourself. All right, fine. The question now is that what should it be? Should it be with water or should it be with stones? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, when he talked about Ahl Quba in Quran, فيه رجال يحبون أين يتطهروا that there are men therein who love to purify themselves. والله يحب المتطهرين. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala loves those who are متطهرين, those who purify themselves. And all of the companions in their sh- in their tafsir of this ayah, they said that this. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the people of this first masjid of Medina, they were praised in the Quran for their tahara, not because of general tahara, but because they used to wash themselves with water. And they used to do the, uh, the, the washing of each limb multiple times, not single times. And when they used to wash their private parts, they used to use water. So this is a evidence from the tafsir that the water is the, the principle. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, uh, uh, or if one of you needs to basically go to the toilet, yani number two, okay, number two, or you have uh, sexual contact, and you do not find water, then make tayammum. So you do not find water. So it's an indication there that when you're going to the toilet, or you're getting involved in, or you become in a state of janaba, then the asal is ma'. And if you don't find ma', water, okay, the word ma', by the way, is water, yeah? Um, if you don't find water, then you go over to tayammum. So the asal is water. So this is their evidence. Um, and there's so much more evidence as well. The Prophet in Sahih Bukhari, uh, uh, one of the Sahabi when he was young, he said that when I would go to, uh, uh, when Rasul wanted to go to, uh, um, wanted to go to the toilet, I would go with him and the, and I would bring with me uh, uh, a small container of water and I would give him the water and he would use that water for istinja. He would use that water for istinja. So there's enough evidences there. Yet at the same time, as early as you like, maybe even more a hadith seem to establish the principle actually is istijmar. Rasulullah uh, said, 
is that whoever wants to make wudu, then let him do it properly and do al-istinthar, which is to snuff and blow and not kind of, uh, you know, do it a bit in a kind of like a, a gay manner, you know what I'm saying, you know, like, a, you know, but go in there and squirt your nose, like, be a man about it, yani. anyway, we'll talk about that in right right time. And whoever is, وَمَنْ يَسْتَجْمِرُ وَمَنْ يَسْتَجْمَرَ, sorry, and whoever's going to do istijmar, meaning clean, clean his private parts, فَالْيُوتِرْ let him do witter. Okay? Now, there's a very funny story about this. It's a bit tired story, a bit of an old story. But, okay, um, means let him do witter. That's the translation of faliutir. Okay? And so, there's an important lesson here, actually, that reading hadith is very, very important. But to study the hadith and their meanings with scholars is even more important. You know, a lot of people, they use this story that I'm going about to tell you to attack the, the, the principle of reading hadith. And I want to say to you, that's pathetic that, 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 that it's used for this reason. Reading hadith is a barakah and you should read as much hadith as possible and always read hadith and don't worry about the meaning. You obviously don't go and practice upon hadith that are seem a bit strange or difficult without asking a scholar first. That's the lesson. But you should read hadith as much as you can and act upon it as much as you can. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. But the big thing it's not allowed to do in haram is for you to read hadith and then go around telling people that you know don't do this, don't do that. When you ain't got a, we ain't got a dali, you know, about the hadith or the rulings or the fiqh. Anyway, there's one miskin and he knows Arabic, but he doesn't know any fiqh at all. And he's a beginner. So he picks up this book and he reads this hadith. The Prophet said, That whoever does istijmar and he cleans, goes to the toilet and cleans himself with stones, then let him do witr. Every time he would go, he would go to the toilet. Every time that he would go to the toilet, he'd clean himself, then he'd go and pray one rakah every time. Every time. One rakah with her prayer. So one person, he said to him, Shaykh, Allah, this becomes a big mission, this going to the toilet for me. So Shaykh goes to him, why? What's happened? He goes, well, I don't know. I don't see anyone else doing this except me. Prophet said, go and do with her when you do istijmar. And I'm doing istijmar day and night, and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, 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 how many times? And you know, no one else is praying, no one else is doing anything. Can you imagine Miskin, what happened if you had diarrhea? You'd <laughs> 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 be praying taraweeh all night, man, Miskin. So anyway, so the Shaykh said to him, SubhanAllah, the word falyutir means to make it odd. Because witr, the word witr means odd. Yes? And falyutir also does, of course it does mean to pray witr. That's what it does mean. Yeah? Um, but here it means use an odd number of stones. That's what it means. So either use one stone or three stones or whatever. Now one stone is very weak and three stones has been emphasized by so many ahadith and of course we're going to come to that anyway. So I want you to know that the principles for istijmar are massive. Now, uh, I mean this hadith makes it clear. Now you might say, well to be honest, the Quranic narrative makes it clear that it's really water. And, you're, uh, and you might say the aql also makes it that it's water. Not just aql, our culture. I don't know about the Arabs here, but it's only packs. Now I'm talking about Pakistani packs now, okay? But packs... If you think of cleaning your private parts with anything other than water, you know you're saying that's not clean. There's like, there's, you're just like, nah, that's messed up. And I remember obviously when we started, you know, in the days when we were young, brash and ignorant, yani, yeah? And everything about dirty kuffar, dirty kuffar, yani. We used to, we used to stamp dirty kuffar status upon the kuffar because we used to say they got dirty underpants because they don't clean themselves. Isn't it? I know that people out there have said that. Don't even trust looking at me, trying to blame me. At least I did mine 20 years ago, you know what I'm saying, yeah? So, obviously, you know, uh, 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 you know you'd know, you be doing da'wah and you'd be, astaghfirullah, bad days, but you'd say, listen mate, uh, don't tell me what to do, you don't even know how to clean yourself, you know, this kind of thing. You'd use it as an attack, isn't it? The fact that they wouldn't use water. Don't lie, Nadif, I know you did, bro, come on, right? right? So, I know I did. Actually, right now I used to. I used to say to yourself, son, you know, look at yourself. And then obviously, when you then start studying, and you realize actually the asal, the original position actually is not to use water, then you've got to shut up, isn't it? Then you've got, then, then you got a problem there. Then you've got a problem there. And to make it even more fascinating, there's so many stories about this, you see? Because us, we see 
the fact that water and cleaning water, because water, no doubt, is a better cleansing agent. There's no doubt, you know, generally of an area. But I want you to understand that in principle, the idea of foam and soap and uh, all these kind of things that are on your hand as a surfactant-based thing, and so therefore you don't touch najasa and things like that, that's a modern-day invention. Back in the day, it would be small amounts of just pure water, meaning that if you are cleaning yourself with water, that means you're using your fingers. You understand? Okay? And that's why it would not be wrong for me to say that many, I don't want to go and really be controversial and say the majority of the companions, but if I was sitting with myself, I'd be happy to write that statement. The majority of the companions preferred istijmar over istinja. I don't know how many stories, you know how many I wrote here? Let me tell you something here. I will tell you. Hudayfa radiallahu an. This is great. Hudayfa radiallahu an. Hudayfa ibn Yaman, one of the major companions, he was asked, uh, what do you say about istinja? First of all, ask yourself a question. Why would a person be asked, what do you say about istinja? Not the norm. If it's the norm, you don't ask someone. Yani, do you think he was ever asked, what do you think about wudu? He was never asked, what do you think about wudu, right? He was asked, what do you think about istinja? Because he knows that the asal amongst us and you guys, whatever, is to clean yourself with stones and istijmar. By the way, I'm just using the word stones. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to the point later that istijmar doesn't just mean stones. And it means tissue paper as well. Now, obviously, tissue paper, okay? Yeah, and there's packs out there that are hearing this for the first time. They're thinking, are you kidding me? We can clean ourselves with tissue paper and khalas, yani? And the answer is yes. I know that there's going to be, oh, your you're going to tell that to your parents and then you're going to get walloped hardcore, yeah? There's no way that you're going to get away with telling your parents that you use tissue paper. You're going to get kicked out of home. Don't blame me. Don't, yeah, hate. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just a messenger. You know what I'm saying? So, Hudayfa, radiallahu anhu, he was asked, what do you say about Sinja? He goes, I think it's okay, but only if there is, uh, uh, if the hand is dirty. Only if the hand gets dirty. Only if the hand gets dirty. And Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Zubair, radiallahu anhumah, he saw a, a man washing his private parts. He walked past, and inadvertently, he saw a man washing his private parts, and he was with someone, and he said to him, subhanAllah, um, we never used to do that. We never used to do that. So he's looking at like the new young companions, or new young kind of uh, guys on the block, and he's saying that we never used to do that. And... Uh, Salma ibn Aqwa, he, he is, uh, said, I never did istinja in my life ever. I never used water ever. And uh, Nafi', the, uh, the scholar, the imam, the slave of Abdullah ibn Umar, he said that uh, Abdullah ibn Umar, he never used to use water. And this is narrated in the Musannaf of, uh, of Ibn Abi Shayb, and it's authentic, inshallah. He never used to use water. And then there's another narration which I found very, very interesting. It's narrated by Al-Baghawi. And he said, he said, that he narrates that Abdullah ibn Umar, he went to see uh, Muawiyah And he saw Muawiyah and Muawiyah was making istinja with water, with water. And so he said, Wallahi, yani, if this is what Muawiyah is doing, then I'm going to give it a shot as well. Right? And so he used the water, istinja, he used the water. And after he'd used it, he goes to Nafi'. I love this. He goes to Nafi'. He goes, well, to be honest, these guys have a point. This water cleans really well. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you to say, I, I, I want you to see the, the kind of the, the, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the point there is that this is not the asal. Huh? This is not the asal according to um, a lot of them. But then, I, and, and, and I want you to understand that the discussion is centered around the point that, hold on, water, uh, washing water de definitely cleans. But to clean with water, you're going to have to touch with your finger, okay? Uh, the dirt and the area versus using an object. And when you're using an object, and what I mean by an object is a stone, a big stone or tissue paper, then you know what's happening each time. You are cleaning the area. The area itself might not be as washed super clean as it was before, but your fingers are being protected. So actually from an uncle point of view, if, especially if you're living at that time, you would definitely prefer, you would definitely prefer to use something other than your fingers, isn't it? And I can tell you now, I mean, this is me personally speaking, I don't do istinja except unless there is soap afterwards to, to wash. 
So I'm, I'm still, I, I personally follow that opinion from the companions that the asal, the safer, the cleaner, the principle as is al istijma. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I hope that you understand that there's a, a lot of discussion on this. And Sheikh Walid was telling me, and the amazing thing about when someone says you can't blagger blagger, okay, is when you hook him up and you spot him, and he doesn't realize now that what what's going to happen to him in a dars when he tried. Sheikh Walid, how you doing? Salaam alaikum. Do you realize that everyone is sitting waiting here for you, Sheikh? Yes. Tawadal, Sheikh. You have to come now. Finished. Come, Sheikh. How long? Okay, let's let's. Okay, let's let's strike a deal. Let's have a let's yani, strike a deal here. How long will you speak for then? Give us give me give us a time. <laughs> okay, خلاص. All right. I'll give you a few minutes to think, Sheikh. And I'll tell you actually what Sheikh Walid was telling me earlier on. Sheikh Walid told me something earlier on, which is very interesting. He said that um, just to see the other side, because you know I'm, I'm very pro istijmar at the moment, right? And rightly so. Packs have got to wise up, yani. You can't be dissing other kufs, yani, because they clean themselves with tissue paper and no water when our companions used to do the same, right? At the same time. Washing has its benefits as well. A clean backside is a clean backside. Yeah? And a clean backside is going to lead to clean underwear. And Sheikh was telling a story on that Sheikh Abdul Bari Yahya. <laughs> I quote Sheikh Walid. He said that not only Sheikh Abdul Bari, he does da'wah. Sheikh Abdul Bari's uh, uh, underwear also does da'wah. <laughs> I don't know if I was meant to say this story or not. Was it a private story, Sheikh? I don't know if there's a private story or not, but I've got to say that. <laughs> you know what? I think I messed up. I just realized by Sheikh over there covering his face that maybe I wasn't meant to tell you. So anyway, we're there now. Khalas done. So he basically put his underwear in, as we all do, to get washed at these, you know, these places. Um, and obviously in Muslim lands, that's the, that's the norm to uh, getting laundry, getting laundry done. Anyway. Anyway, the, uh, the people of the place, they gave the, uh, the when uh, Sheikh went to pick it up, they said, Dihani, we just got to ask you a question. How comes your underwear, we, we wash underwear day and night, isn't it, yeah? But your underwear has no marks, it's all, all clean. And look at the skin, you see? That supports us packs when we have that nafrat against all those people who don't clean their backside properly, you know what I'm saying? So he said, how comes? And Sheikh of the Bar said, this is because we're Muslims and we do istinja and we wash ourselves every single time. And that's why I need, we make, you know, you know, easy job for you guys washing our underwear. That's the part I did by myself. Anyway, so the point is, he got him talking and he became Muslim. He became Muslim. Now, I've got my own statements and comments to make on this story. A guy is becoming Muslim, yani, because man's got clean underwear, yeah? <laughs> There's something wrong there, Aslan, yani, you know what I'm saying? But still, it's a nice story. It works for the story. And the reason why I like it is because it's also narrated in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba, uh, that Aisha radiallahu anha, she said to the female sahabiyat that tell your men, please to uh, uh, wash the, 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 themselves better. Wash themselves better. Because I'm too shy to do that. I'm too shy to do that. Yani, so, you need to know that if you're going to summarize everything that we've said so far, we could summarize it by saying that it is obligation to clean yourself from filth, that it is done in two ways. Istinja covers the entire subject. It means cleaning private parts. But if you're going to be specific, then istinja then means using water, and istijmar means using jamar or using stones or using anything which is of an object form or hard form. And I can say to you that there are prophetic statements and Quranic indications for the water, and there are very, very clear Quranic precedent, uh, uh, hadith precedents from Sahih Muslim, Sahih Bukhari, that the Prophet said, and everything, everything, that with respect to the uh, 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 using, not, not using water, many a hadith. And then to go further, many of the companions used to prefer doing istijmar, and common sense, I think, explains that. You, you don't basically touch the private parts, you're not getting your fingers dirty, and it kind of just generally makes things easier afterwards. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Sayyidina Umar, 
again in Musannaf ibn Abi Shayba, and it has an authentic sanad, he used to have he used to have a certain place where he would go and he would have a crack in this wall. And in this crack in this wall, he would just gather up all there, all his stones. Yeah? You know in Pashto we call them lute. What do you packs call it? You know the uh, clodded earth, clods of earth. You know, like earth, mud, but dried mud, like clay, not clay, but yani. Butter is a stone. Listen, imagine you're in your garden and you got your, 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 no, no, the thingy. Mud, soil, soil. Yeah, in English it's a clod. That's it's the exact word, by the way, in English. It's called in English it's called a clod. In Pukhto it's called lute. I ain't got a dali what it's called in Urdu, and I ain't got a clue what it's called in Arabic either. But you know, if the if the ground gets dry enough and you turn it over with the fork, yeah, you're gonna get some clods which are very dry. But if you were to press really super hard on it, it would crumble. And that, that therefore makes it a very, very excellent cleansing uh, device. <laughs> An amazing mustanji, if you want me to be academic about it. Because, because it is aerated, and being aerated means it, it, it takes its volume, it can soak up more than its volume without the outside getting wet, okay? Yatin is thin, but it's like, it's like, uh, you know, and it's not so hard. So it has that softness and that crumbly nature to get into the gaps that other beers can't reach. Yeah. And yeah, no, oh, I'm losing everyone. Anyway, whenever I go back to the Pindi in Pakistan, we only use Lutte anyway. We are simple people. We are Pindwala people, you know what I'm saying? And so obviously being simple like that, that's what we use. Khalas. So is that all clear then? Yeah. Is that all good? Any questions so far? Any discussion? Any points? Anyone's confused about anything? Um, and I, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. No, 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 no. The ayah is just giving a specific example of a number two. But the principle is being covered like any going to the toilet. Mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, now, uh, yeah. Some people are confused online. Is it permissible to do istijmar even if water is readily available? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I want to make it clear that this is, that you have to get it in your minds that we're not saying there is a case of you can only use stones or tissue paper or paper or whatever, because we're going to talk about that, yeah? Only if water isn't available. This is not like tayammu. This is not like tayammu. We are saying that even if there's plenty of water available, People prefer just to use tissues and stones and so on. That, that used to be the way of the companions. Even if there is water. I mean, those who preferred istijmar over al-istinja. So I'm saying that that's the... They don't think that this is uh, an if and or. And there is a discussion, and there is a hadith actually, but it is weak. In fact, it is very weak. Sheikh al-Bani said it's very weak. That it is better to do al-istijmar first and then followed by istinja. Which is basically what we all do. I hope. Anyway, you day packs, yeah? I hope that's what you do. Right? Istijmar first, tissue paper, yes, and then washing, and I hope that you guys use a bit of soap as well, yani, I hope. Honestly, my advice to you is to keep a little soap bar for, isti for istinja, little one. It should be the istinja soap bar. If there's one sunnah that I establish in my life, and if I establish just this little one, I'll be happy, I'll die happy, alright? So, you clean yourself with, the, with your tissue paper, and then you use water as well. Like I said, the hadith that states this, is very weak but the scholars are happy with this because they know yani, by experience by tajruba that we as we all know anecdotally speaking this is of course the cleanest and best way if you're using something hard to get away all of the traces of filth so that your fingers therefore will not be soiled yani, when you go there proper with water then it's a dream situation either you do that or you do what these uh, arbi log do yani, stick a fountain underneath you have you seen their toilets Gasme, what is that about? Have you seen? 
Their toilets, if you look here, yeah, they got a little hook coming up like that. Oh, yeah. Ah, when I saw that first time, I didn't know what was happening. Alani <laughs> Kasmi, you know, obviously, you look at that situation, no word of a lie. I don't know what was this, whatever. So I turned on the tap, and that's another thing which freaks you out as well. <laughs> other thing which freaks you out is that people don't uh, put their taps. You know, a tap, the whole point of a tap is that a quarter turn should be a quarter turn, a half turn should be a half turn, a full turn is a full turn. A tap which a quarter turn brings out the full smack, yeah, it, is a disaster, isn't it? So I'm there, in this, it, it was in Egypt, subhanAllah, and I'm looking at this thing, guess me, I turned it tiny because I knew that, gotta be careful. I must have turned it like a tenth turn. Yeah, and it like about 30 degrees. Learn tars <laughs> smack in the face, Yani. That's sickness, yeah, I'm telling you, man. Where was your face? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I would be I consider myself to blame if I was sticking my head in a toilet bowl doing doing some kind of train spotting flex, yeah? But I wasn't. I was standing. That's me, can you imagine? The, 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 the pressure. But you see, the way that the Arabs, they, they, they designed this thing is that they said, listen, we're not touching it. We're not touching our private parts. We're not even going to use a touch tissue paper. We're going to blast it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a people. They said, you sit there, you go to your toilet, turn that thing on, pause. Khalas, man. That's sick behavior. Guess me it is. So, you know, that's a whole nother... <laughs> that's a whole nother extension to the whole discussion. Anyway, I want to say to you that regardless of a hadith, the taught position, and Shaykh Uthameen himself will come and dis will discuss this later, he will say to you that there's no problem at all with a person doing basically what we all do, which is that we go to the toilet using and clean ourselves using tissue paper, and yani, uh, two, two sheets of tissue paper, please. Not the only one, because one is too thin and you're missing the point. And not 26 yani, like this Yahya does, yeah? He brings a whole roll and then scrunches it into a bowl and all like that. What the heck is that all about, Yara? Guess me, honestly, if I find you do that again, you're getting beat, son, I'm telling you. I got a big shakwa the other day, man. Big, no, I've got a big complaint, Udar. Uh, I gotta do the best of the kid, man. I, I don't know. I, Beating is not working, so obviously. <laughs> so just take two sheets. I think I'll, I'll, I'll give you more fiqh about that later. So um, that's that. Now, we just want, I just want to finish because I do, I do want to uh, get uh, Sheikh Walid and he's not going to get away with this. Um, I do want to say that there is a serious uh, point to this. There is a serious point. Um, and it's a wonderful reflective point. I know it's all funny and it's all rude and all kind of prude subject and stuff. But, subhanAllah, uh, just like we all fully accept and believe and we, we, we wonderfully appreciate the blessings of food and drink and so on, i.e. everything that goes into our body, we should also appreciate and reflect upon the wonderful blessing and ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow things to go outside our body as well. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent a prophet who's so concerned that not only will he tell us what a ni'mah that is, what a blessing that is. And you know, no one should be in any doubt. I can't think of any, you know, people say to me that what do you dream about what you're going to do in Jannah? What would you have? What car are you going to drive in Jannah? What's this going to be? I'm saying, you don't need to sell Jannah to me at all. I heard that you don't need to go toilet in Jannah. That's it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Once I heard that, you know I me, mean? you had me at no toilet. You had me at you don't have to go to the toilet. You don't need to go and tell me a big kasa and big yani thingy. Oh, that's a bonus. Once I know that the people won't defecate, won't urinate, Allahu Akbar. And that's authentic from Rasulullah So that's an indication there that it's not fun having to go to the toilet. But going to the toilet is a rahmah. And subhanAllah, if you don't believe that, you see, and may Allah subhanahu wa protect us all, that what happens when you're having continence, or when you can't go, or you have kidney stones and how painful it is to urinate, and you see grown men crying in front of you, when they have kidney stones, they can't urinate, or they've got catheters in, or you have to have yani, an ostomy put in, or a colostomy, or an ostomy, all this kind of stuff. And you will realize that subhanAllah, for, for the system to work and for it to come out of the two orifices in the way that it does, this is a, this is a, a, a rahmah from uh, yani, subhanAllah. And I also want to say to you that the, the concern of Rasulullah was something that was even impressed even his enemies and the people around him. In Sahih Muslim, when they went to Salman al-Farsi, they said, yani, your prophet, 
He's teaching everything, man. He's like, 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 a, like, a, like, a, like a diss, like a cuss, like, you know, kids, you don't know anything. Your prophet has to teach you everything. And Salman was like, well, that, that was a cuss or what? Uh, I'm proud. He goes, yeah, he taught me how to do this and to make wudu like this and to clean myself like this. And when we go to the toilet, we don't face the qibla. And when we go to the toilet, we will use the only three pieces and we're going to sit like this and so on and so So we are proud of this chapter. Believe me, we are proud of this tinja. We are going to fly, fly that flag, inshallah, of the stijmar. And I want to say to you that this is a blessing. And to know that there is a way to, uh, to, to do it in a, a, a blessed way. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Yani, it's not like, yani, you know, you might not be thinking enough of doing ibadah every day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given ibadah for free. Even when you're going to do your toilet, do it in the right way. Like we're going to be teaching on the next couple of weeks. And you'll be rewarded for every single thing that you do. The going into the toilet, the thought before the toilet, whilst in the toilet, when you're coming out of the toilet, the process. You'll be rewarded for every single thing if you follow the sunnah in this matter. This is amazing, subhanAllah. It's a bonus. So anyway, I went on too much, to be honest, because I want to get Sheikh Walid and he has uh, exactly what he wanted, which was just a couple of minutes. Tadal Sheikh. Jazakumullah We have Sheikh Walid here. I'll be honest with you, I, he is going to be upset with me afterwards because what he did say is that I do not want to do anything. And the problem is, is that I know exactly how he feels because I don't like doing things when I'm also abroad. But I'm not as nice as he is. Barakallah <laughs> Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walahu ba'd. All praise due to Allah and His praise and blessings and peace be upon our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, his family, his companions, and his followers until the Day of Judgment. Uh, first of all, I would like to uh, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving me the opportunity then thank the Sheikh Baisad for two things. One, uh, giving me the chance to meet you and to talk to you even if it's a few uh, minutes. And the second thing I would like to thank him for and for you all, those who are here and those online, uh, of reviving this concept uh, which is studying fiqh. Studying the concept of fiqh is one of the greatest uh, act of worship that you can please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with it. And I mean by fiqh, I mean specifically the science of fiqh versus the science of hadith, the science of aqidah. Uh, the science of fiqh is absolutely an important uh, subject in our religion. And the fiqh is the understanding, which is to be able to understand the Islamic rulings. And part of understanding it is to understand what is based on, the evidence that is based on, to understand how the scholars have driven the rule from that particular evidence. Uh, and the Sheikh not only stopped here, he also chosen uh, a book which is Zad al-Mustaqni, which is a book in a madhab. Yes, it's madhab al-Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah. Uh, and this is something I will command him for it, not because I'm Hanbali, uh, which is, you know, this is the book of our madhab. Uh, but uh, I, I would say exactly the same thing if it is any metan in fiqh al-shafi or Abu Hanifa or Malik. Because the science of fiqh has to be studied through a madhab. And in my opinion, this is will ensure for the student of knowledge to be able to study every single chapter in the books of fiqh and to go over it all, all over it. Uh, the, and you know, even make it. Yeah, he made it very more interesting that he chose a book, which is Sheikh Muhammad al-Sadiq, which is he exposed you to different opinions. As we've been hearing, I came late, but I've been so pleased to hear uh, that the fiqh of the Sahaba radiAllahu anhum, and this is something uh, very rare to be found in, in modern days, that people bring as the Imam al-Qayyim rahimahullah said al-Khilaf al-Qadim which is the old khilaf. So many times we're just exposed to know what the uh, Shafi'i said, or Ahmed said, or Malik, or even their students. But we're not exposed to the people who before them, who before them, and the opinions of the companions and the successors, which is they are higher level in knowledge, more, you know, founded in knowledge. And this type of knowledge is missing, and revivaling it, spreading it, is something highly appreciated and you should guys value it because 
very rare to find something like this in Arabic or in the language of the, uh, yani the Muslims land. Uh, is it Urdu or Farisi or Arabic? Uh, it's very rare to find something like this. So to be introduced to you in English, I really appreciate that. Most of the people's questions and need and concern are around two things. Issues related to fiqh and related to aqidah. That's why the student of knowledge who master these two fields, two fields, basically they are the real student of knowledge. I mean, when was the last time ever was approached or you should have been approached to somebody asking you about Marwiyat ibn Lahiyah? I mean, very rare to find somebody ask a specific question in hadith or qira'at or, or things like this. Most of people's need and questions about fiqh and about aqeel. That's why the student knowledge or master will be, no doubt, very beneficial to the community. And again, going back to the concept of uh, taking a madhab, as you all know, it's almost impossible, impossible, it is impossible, for us to make tarjih and study each and every single issue in fiqh. Can you imagine that? Every single chapter of fiqh. It's impossible for any student knowledge to go over all of it and to cover it and to have his own tarjih in every subject. So those who don't study madhab, so many times there is small little issues comes up in their life and they don't know what to do. They kind of lost. So those who studied madhab, they have at least an answer for most of the situation ready because I the madhab allowed you to know all the... Yeah, the, uh, at least to know all the chapters of fiqh that related to your daily activity. So that's that's why I I, I highly yeah, the, uh, uh, commend you to stick to this method, study it, and and, and continue with it uh, without ta'asub, without being yeah, any blindly following one opinion, defending it no matter what, uh, because in the end of the day, what's really uh, we base our position on is a dalil, what is authentic and what is uh, correct. Uh, I just want to pay, uh, yani mention something the Sheikh commented, something the Sheikh mentioned that the issue of uh, uh, using water, istinjah, and you guys going to study shalom istinjah as well. Uh, so many of Ahlul Ilm consider joining the water with istinjah. Uh, with uh, is the best form, is the best form. And the Shaykh was mentioned there is a hadith, hadith ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhu arda, uh, that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam praised the people of Qiba because they follow the water, uh, they follow the stijmar with water. And he's right when he said that this particular hadith is weak, is weak, which is... Uh, uh, Hadith uh, Bazaar and originally in Abi Dawood. Uh, but uh, also Sheikh Al Albani, who the Sheikh referred to, uh, have mentioned another narration for it. And he said it's uh, Hassan uh, that in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked the people of Qiba why Allah had praised you. And they said, because we live in a place where next to us Jews who used to wash Adbarihim, their backside, with water, and we do the same. Uh, and uh, that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised So from that particular narration, said the concept is good. The concept is good, which is basically using both uh, methods. And, uh, you know, I agree with you, the Arab people have a kind of uh, uh, this water use and uh, strong use. I myself, when I go to Egypt, uh, even though originally from Egypt, I've never been to Egypt. I also had the same problem that you had. In the face, Annie? The face in the face. So, but it's even worse. Sometimes it's even the water, the temperature, and stuff like that. No need for that. So, if there is anything I want to say, which is also I heard from Sheikh Abdul Bari, Allah, and I will end with this. So many times when people use water, they make a lot of mess. In the, in the in the bathrooms, in uh, in places, and that's not right. When you go to the masjid, you go to the public places. They make a lot of mess, and they leave water all over the place, and that that's not correct. Sheikh Abdul Bari once told me he was in one of the bathrooms, and uh, he heard the two workers who cleaned the bathrooms, who cleaned the bathroom. It was after an event for Muslims. 
then the two workers were saying, you know what, these guys, Muslims, whenever they come here, they make so much mess. What kind of religion is this? You know what, I don't think I ever, ever will be Muslim. He said, well, I was so ashamed to get out of the battle. So you can see the other way around also. So if you're going to use it, make sure that you are also, uh, uh, yeah, and you're not wasting and not making a mess. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of you. Uh, thank you very much. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.